Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tomorrow, NBC's 300-man news staff will once again spring into action to bring you every important news development of the Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Yes, from wherever news is being made, NBC will present it when it happens. Following their comprehensive broadcasts from the Republican National Convention one week ago, NBC received thousands of letters praising their most complete coverage. One teacher from Michigan wrote, quote, Again, may I express my gratitude to your network for being on the scene of every important development during the Republican National Convention. I have recorded all of the important speeches, commentary, and balloting on my Webster Electric Echo Tape Recorder, and I intend to record all of the Democratic Convention from NBC, too, unquote. Well, our teacher friend need not worry, for NBC will have expert radio reporters such as George Hicks, Morgan Beatty, and Richard Harkness, making it possible for you to attend the Democratic Convention on NBC. Make NBC and this station your convention headquarters. Now, Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Round Trip. It is the Thursday evening in May, 1946, in the city of Houston, Texas. In a shabby travel agency near the waterfront, several people are sitting on benches ranged around the walls of the poorly lighted room. A little past eight o'clock, a man enters, speaks a few words to the clerk, then walks toward one of the men at the other end of the room. Your name Dave Hobart? Yeah, that's right. You the fellas driving up the Waco? That's right. You got your baggage with you? Yeah, I guess it's one suitcase. Where's the car? I'm front. Okay. You know, I was beginning to think maybe you weren't coming. Oh, I got delayed. Truth of the matter is, I promised to bring my kid a toy fire engine for his birthday. <laughs> Forgot all about it till most of the stores were closed. I had an awful time finding that fire engine. But I got it. Hope you didn't mind waiting too much. Yeah, not as long as you got here. I don't feel like spending another night in Houston, I tell you. This your car? Yeah. I'll get in this side and slide over. Just throw your suitcase on top of those newspapers in the back seat. All right. Hey, what you doing with all those papers? Oh, I'm a bundle carrier for two papers. Run the regular route between here and Waco. I just take passengers along to pick up a few extra bucks. Oh? Bundle carrying pays pretty good money? Uh-huh. Living. Uh-huh. Hey, where you going? This isn't the way to the Waco Road. Yeah, I know. Got another passenger to pick up down at the end of the block. <laughs> if he hasn't got tired of waiting and left. Been working down here in Houston? I've been looking for a job. Just got back in Germany a few months ago. Army? Yeah. No good jobs around now. Guys who got back first took them off. I reckon that's the other passenger over there. Hey! Hey, you the fella that's going up towards Waco? Yeah. Hey, sure took your time getting here. Whee! We're mine and put these two suitcases. Oh, just throw them on top of those newspapers and back. All right. 
I hadn't known it was going to be so crowded in your car. I'd have waited and taken the train in the morning. Eh, no worry. We'll get you where you're going. Hope both you fellas like coffee. I usually stop a couple times on the way. That's okay. Sure. As long as you don't make too many stops. <laughs> Been driving this night rock ten years now. Only thing I don't like about it, don't give me enough time with my wife and kids. Either you fellas married? Uh. How about you? Nah, I'm in the Merchant Marine. Seen lots of girls in lots of countries. None of them worth marrying. <laughs> You'd change your mind one of these days. <laughs> Nothing like it. Having a wife and kid to come home to. You know something? I take passengers on this run almost every night. Make an extra five or six bucks. And every cent of that money goes into a special account. Earmarked for sending my boy to college. Is that so? Yep. My wife and me, we made up our minds. He's not going to carry newspapers for a living. We're giving him the best education we can get for him. Yeah, well, sometimes even when you've been to school, you got trouble making a living. Not my kid. He's really going to be something. Yeah, hold the wheel a second, will you? Okay. I want to show you a picture of him. I got my wallet. <laughs> Let's get this rubber band off. Here. Oh, all right, I got the wheel now. <laughs> See if you don't think he's the finest kid you ever set eyes on. Now, bring it over closer to the dashboard line. Well... What do you think of him? Good-looking boy. Yeah. Hey, young mister. Thanks. You mind holding the wheel again? Every time my wallet gets full, I have trouble getting this picture back in. You shouldn't carry so much money. Oh, got to. It's collection day. Uh, there we are. I'll take the wheel now. You mean to say you collected all that money just in the newspaper? Oh, you'd be surprised how it mounts up. <laughs> I wish it was all mine. <laughs> an awful lot of dough. Yeah, sure is. At 8.20 the next morning, a highway employee cutting grass alongside the road 10 miles south of Colby, Texas, found the body of a man lying in the ditch. There were two bullet wounds in his head. When the sheriff arrived, he immediately recognized the man as Robert Dixon of Waco. The sheriff requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. And at 9.25, Ranger Jace Pearson pulled up in his car. 10-4. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, Jace. Howdy's right down here. I understand you knew this fellow. Yeah, I knew him. Bob Dixon was as fine a man as you'd want to meet. There's the body, Jace. How did you happen to know him? He had a newspaper bundle out between Houston and Waco. I used to see him in diners along the road. He was a great coffee drinker, just like me. We got to be pretty good friends, meeting like that every week or so. Uh-huh. You located the car he was driving? Well, I thought it was found about 15 minutes ago, but it turned out to be a false alarm. Uh, I checked his pockets, Jake. Empty? Cleaned out. Pretty clear case of robbery. Yeah, bullets entered his head from the right side. When he's powder burns, means he was shot at close range. Yeah, well, I figured it was somebody who was riding with him. Was he in the habit of picking up people? Yeah, he had some kind of arrangement with the travel agencies down in Houston. Used to carry a passenger or two with them almost every night. Well, we better check with those agencies. See if they can tell us who rode with Dixon last night. Well, as far as I know about those places, sometimes they keep a record of customers' names and sometimes they don't. Uh-huh. Well, right now, it's the only lead we've got. Sounds like my call. Better see what they want. You know, Dixon was always talking about his wife and kids. Never seen a man so proud of his family. I'd sure like to get my hands on the one who did this. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Car registered to Robert Dixon of Waco has been located by Highway Patrol near Farm Road 42, three miles south of Kobe. 10-4, Unit 10 clear. KTXA, Austin. That ought to give us something to go on. Yeah, let's get over there. Highway Patrol was waiting for us on Farm Road 42. Dixon's car was about 50 yards from the road, half covered with brush. Sheriff and I walked toward it. Well, it looks like he started to hide the car and then changed his mind. Uh-huh. Help me pull this brush aside, will you, Sheriff? Well, I can't help wondering why he picked this spot to leave it. Seems to me he'd have dished it closer to town, or else picked a place where it wouldn't have been found so quick. Well, there's one reason he might have left it here. There's blood on the front seat. You mean because there's so much of it? Yeah. He probably got panicky when he got close to town. Decided to walk the rest of the way. Well, that sounds logical, Jake. 
But it still don't bring us much closer to knowing who did it. We bring a lab crew to go over the car for prints. Maybe... Wait a minute. What's the matter? Slip of paper above the sun visor here. Oh. Anything interesting? Could be. Pick up Dave Hobart at Thomas Travel Agency, Thursday, 8 p.m. Jeez, that is something. Yeah. Here's tracks going toward the road. More than likely, he just hightailed for town as soon as he ditched the car. That's funny. Hmm? Tracks turn into that brush. Now, why would he go off this way? That don't make... Jeez, next to that rock. Yeah. Leather jacket and a pair of khaki trousers. No doubt about there being his. Look at the bloodstains on him. Uh, must have shed these right after he left the car. That means he probably had other clothes with him. Yeah, well, I'll go through the pocket there. I doubt if he left anything in them, but uh, you never can tell. There's nothing in the trousers. Try the jacket. Uh, there's a couple of pennies. Looks like they've been in the pocket for quite a while. They're... Hey, here's a stub of a bus ticket. Uh, Colby to Houston. Any date on the back? Well, it's kind of blurred. See if I can make it out here. Yeah. May 14th to 46th. Well, that was Tuesday. Sounds like the man we're looking for could live right here in Colby. Well, this Dave Hobart, the fellow whose name was on that slip of paper in the car, you reckon he's the one that killed Dixon? We won't know that till we find him. We decided that the best way to locate Dave Hobart was to check all post offices in the area. We didn't have to look far. The postmaster at Colby told us an ex-soldier by that name lived on a farm with his parents 12 miles south of town. The farmhouse was about a mile off the main highway, not far from the spot where Dixon's body had been found. When we arrived at the house, we saw someone chopping wood next to a shed. I reckon he's the fellow we're looking for. Uh, could be. Your name, Dave Hobart? What? Yeah. Come on, do, boy. First thing you can do is drop that egg. What's all this about? Drop it. Okay. Were you in Houston last night? Why? We'll ask the question. Were you in Houston? Uh, yeah. When'd you go down there? Well, Tuesday morning. When'd you come back? Last night? Huh? How? Paid a man to give me a ride? Through the Thomas Travel Agency? How'd you know? I told you we'd ask the question. This man you rode with, did he have newspapers in the back of his car? Well, what if it did? He was robbed and killed last night by somebody riding with him. Well, it was okay when I got out of the car. Besides, there was another guy with him. Who was he? How should I know? You got to do better than that, Hobart. You have a gun? Only gun I ever had was the one Uncle Sam gave me. I was sure glad to give it back to him. Why were you in Houston? Because I was looking for a job. Did you find one? Had a few offered to me, but it didn't take them. Why not? Well, they didn't pay enough. Robbing and killing pays more, huh? Now, you look, Sheriff. I didn't kill this guy. You find that other fella in the car and you got your killer. Hobart, you say you were in the Army. Yeah. And I reckon you got some more khaki trousers like the ones you got on. And I reckon you're wrong. This is the only pair I got left. You ever own a leather jacket? No. We'll check and find out if you're telling the truth. Well, go on, check. How'd you get into Houston on Tuesday? Go to ride. You sure you didn't take the bus from Colby? Why would I go back there to take it? This is 12 miles closer to Houston. You might have been in town that morning. Then you'd have got on there. I wasn't in town. And what's taking a bus got to do with this anyhow? I found a canceled bus ticket from Colby to Houston that we're pretty sure the killer used. It's dated Tuesday, the day you went to Houston. Look, you've got the wrong man, I'm telling you. Maybe so, but you're coming along with us anyhow. Oh, where to? To the bus station in Colby. Maybe somebody there will remember if they sold you a ticket. in Colby a little past noon. The bus station was located in a restaurant across from the courthouse. Through the window, we could see a heavy-set woman sitting at the cash register eating a large piece of pie. The sheriff said she ran both the restaurant and the bus station. He took Hobart inside. Go on in, Hobart. All right. Buddy, something I can do for you. Howdy, Maggie. Ranger, I'd like to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. Hey, Sheriff, you ever eat any of my hot raspberry pie? I don't believe so. Oh, it's mighty good if I do say so. Let me cut you boys a slice. Uh, not right now, thanks. Only thing I've got against raspberries are seeds keep getting in my teeth. What you fellas want to know? You the only one who sells the bus tickets here? Yeah. And I never somebody takes a notion to buy one. Did you ever see this boy before? Who, this one? Kind of shy, ain't he? Here, lift up your head, sonny. Let me get a look at you. Mm, good looking boy. 
Yeah, I reckon I've seen him a few times. Did you sell him a bus ticket to Houston on Tuesday? This past Tuesday? Uh-huh. Well, well, that was a mighty slow day. I only sold three or four tickets. And just one of them was to Houston. Did this boy here buy it? Uh, no, I don't reckon he did. You see? I told you, Randy. Just a minute, Hobart. You remember who did buy it, ma'am? Well, let me see. Just got to organize myself here a minute. Ooh, I'm scared. I right after I eat. Oh, yeah, now I remember it was uh, Jim Mayo bought the ticket. Jim Mayo? Jase, if he's mixed up in this at all, he's our man. What makes you so sure? Well, I've known him ever since he was a kid. Got caught forging checks when he was 15. Been up for everything from vacancy to horse theft. Mm, you still got to be sure the ticket we found is the one that was sold to Mayo. Ma'am, you keep a record of the serial numbers on the tickets you sell? Yeah, got them in my audit book on that shelf behind me. Mind looking up the number of that ticket you sold Tuesday? Oh, uh, all right, Ranger. <coughs> I didn't even know Mayo was back in town. Thought he was in the Merchant Marine. Mm, could have been between ships. Oh, the fellow in the car with me said he was in the Merchant Marine. Yeah, here, here we are. Oh. Let me see now. You got the ticket, Sheriff? Right in this envelope. Tuesday, May 14th, uh, Kobe 2, Houston. Ticket number 3544. What's our ticket say, Chef? Says Mayo's the one we're after. Look, Jace, 3544. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jake Pearson. There are 7 million smart people in this country. Are you one of them? Yes, every payday, 7 million people save a total of $140 million. And mister, that's a lot of money in anybody's book. Who are these people that save all that dough? Millionaires? Big executives? Nope, they're just average people. But they're smart. They know the only sure way to save is to do it systematically, every payday. And they know there's no safer, better way to do so than by buying United States defense bonds through the payroll savings plan where they work or the bond-a-month plan where they bank. How those savings steadily mount up, too. Because they go into improved Series E defense bonds that now pay 3% interest, compounded semi-annually when held to maturity. Why don't you join the millions of smart people building their future now with regular investments in defense bonds? They're now even better. Now, the second act of Tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Round Trip. We released Dave Hobart, then went to the house in Colby where Jim Mayo's parents lived. They said he'd gone to Houston Tuesday and had not been home since. We put out an APB on him and stationed a deputy at his house. Then we started checking Seaman's hiring halls in the Fort Cities, hoping to pick up a lead on his whereabouts. We worked along the coast from Galveston, and on Saturday morning, we walked up the stairs of the hiring hall at Corpus Christi. I'm getting discouraged, Gates. Could be he didn't even come near one of these hiring halls. Used to me, shipping out would be the first thing you try to do. Well, I sure hope this dispatcher can tell us something. What's on your mind, gents? You're not figuring the ship out, are you? We'd like some information from you. Well, if it's about ships, you've got the right man. You remember seeing a man named Jim Mayo in here? Mm, I reckon so. When was he in here last? Yesterday. Uh-huh. You happen to know where we can find him? Mm, I reckon I do. Mind telling us? I think I sent him on to the John Duncan yesterday. She's bound through the canal for Honolulu. You make sure of that? Yeah, I looked it up in my card file here. Uh, he's a fireman water tender, you know. Got a lot of calls lately for fireman water tenders. Uh-huh. Oh, here, here's his card. Wait a minute. What's the matter? I'll give you gents some wrong information. Mayo's not on the John Duncan. Well, that's relief. Glad we don't have to go all the way to Honolulu for him. No, Mayo signed on to the Humphrey Victory. Left last night. Where was she bound? Let me see. Yeah, Victoria, Brazil. I called headquarters and informed them that Mayo was on a ship headed for Brazil. It was decided that he should be arrested when his ship arrived in Victoria. Clearance was made with the Brazilian government through the American Embassy in Rio. 
The sheriff and I were detailed to make the arrest and bring the prisoner back. We boarded a plane and flew to Victoria. On the morning of the 2nd of June, not quite three weeks after Robert Dixon was killed, the ship on which Mayo was working dropped anchor for quarantine just outside the Victoria Harbor. Together with Lieutenant Delato of the Brazilian police, the sheriff and I rode out toward the ship in a harbor patrol launch. Won't be long, Jace. I can make out the faces of the people standing along the rail now. Yeah. By the looks of the braid on his hat, I'd say the fellow standing by the gangway is Captain Dreyer. You are sure, senor, that all has been prepared for you aboard the ship? You've been in radio contact with the captain. And this is Mayo. You are sure he does not uh, have word that you have come? Unless the radio operator is a special friend of his. I won't do him much good if he does know. He's boxed up on there like a maverick at Brandon time. I beg your pardon, senor. Now, the sheriff means it'd be hard for Mayo to get off the ship. Oh, well, here we are. Now, let's get aboard. Well, the way this thing's bombing around, I hope I don't break my neck getting onto those steps. Making it all right, sheriff? Yeah. And I'd just soon have come after this guy on a horse. Ranger Pearson? That's right, Captain. It's Lieutenant Delato and Sheriff Holton. I do. I've got to admit this is a new experience, having a ranger and sheriff board my ship in a foreign port. It's not exactly run-of-the-mill for us either. No, I suppose not. Well, I followed your instructions, Ranger. Mayo doesn't have any idea you're after him. Where is he now? On watch in the engine room. Well, maybe it'd be a good idea to clear the other men out of there before we go down after him. They could get hurt if he makes trouble. Oh, don't worry about that, Sheriff. Chief Engineer tells me Mayo's on donkey watch. That means he's down there alone. Would you take us to the engine room entrance? Sure. This way. How'd you get him back to the seat? Now, we've already booked passage on the Goodman Victory. She's sailing for New Orleans at midnight. Goodman? Well, that's just like this one. She hasn't got a brig. We got one of the cabins set up for mail. Oh, here we are. You want me to go down with you? If you don't mind, we'd rather have you and the lieutenant stay here. We'll pick him up alone. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. Feel that heat, Gabe. We just slapped you in the face. I don't know how a man can work down here. Yeah, I reckon you get used to anything. Yeah. There he is. Between those boilers. He's got his back to us. He's working on something at that table. He sees us now. Get ready in case he tries to duck behind one of those boilers. Yeah. Well, this is my old friend, the sheriff. Got a ranger with you, too, huh? You fellas a little far from home, ain't you? We've come to get you, Mayo. Me? For what? So we can take you back to the state. You're wanted for the murder of Robert Dixon. I don't even know anybody by that name. You rode with him from Houston to Colby on the night of May 16th. We think you robbed and killed him. You don't know what you're talking about. You're innocent. You have a chance to prove it back in Texas. Come on, Mayo. Don't be crazy. I'm not going anywhere with you. This is Brazil. What's that got to do with it? I know my rights. You got no authority to arrest me here. It's all been taken care of. There's a Brazilian police officer up above with the captain. Now let's get going. Oh, yeah? Okay, if that's the way you want. Hey, look out, Chief. Got a wrench. Yeah. You think you're going to get me? Drop that wrench. I'll get both of you. Drop it. That's better. Now get moving. We've got a long trip ahead of us. We put Mayo aboard the ship that was to take us back to the States and locked him in a cabin. Lieutenant Delato stayed in the passageway outside the cabin to guard him while the sheriff and I went to the dock office to place an overseas call to Austin. I informed headquarters that we had arrested Mayo and were sailing with him that night. It was nearly five in the afternoon when we walked across the dock back to the ship's gangway. Stevedores were loading the last of the cargo aboard. Too bad you couldn't get a real good connection when you talked to Austin, Jim. I think they understood what I had to say. Uh-huh. Well, look at those sacks of coffee going aboard. <laughs> Hundreds of them. There's no coffee drinker like you happy just to look at him. Huh? Well, at least I know we won't run out of it on the trip home. <laughs> Chief Nate said we should be in New Orleans in ten days. Uh, I'll be glad to see Texas again. Too far away to suit me. It's been a long haul. It's not over yet. Uh, see, the lieutenant's fixed himself up real comfortable. Yeah, newspaper and all. You have made the call, Ranger Pearson? Yeah, we got through. How's the prisoner? Well, it's quiet, senor. Not a sound from him. I think maybe he's asleep. Yeah, it must be pretty warm in there with that porthole closed. Reckon we ought to take him out for a while, Jake? Yeah, it's about time for him to have some food anyhow. You have the key, Lieutenant? See, uh, here you are, senor. I'll get him, Jake. I will be sorry to see you go, senor. It has been a pleasure to work with you. Thank you. Hey! What's wrong? The porthole's been jimmied open. Mayo's gone. <laughs> The 
Lieutenant Delato immediately notified his headquarters of the prisoner's escape. The Brazilian police threw a cordon around the city. Sheriff and I started checking along the waterfront. Not a trace of mail. By seven that evening, we'd worked well into the center of town and were walking down the street toward the first of five or six dimly lighted cafes. I'm beginning to think we're not going to find him in any of these places. And he might have slipped through the police net and gotten into the jungle. If he has, it's going to be tough finding him again. It won't be easy for Mayo either if he does get into that jungle. Before long, it'll be wishing he never got away. Uh, let's check this bar, Sheriff. Well, they don't seem to be in here. No. Let's go on and check. Oh, it's you, Captain. Aren't you and the Sheriff sit down and join me? Thank you, but I'm afraid we haven't time. Well, we'll make it again. Shame you two had to make that long trip down here for nothing. For nothing? Well, sure, you released your prisoner, didn't you? He escaped, Captain. Escaped? Well, I just saw him walking around town. I thought, sure, you decided to let him go. When did you see him? Well, couldn't have been more than five minutes ago. Poked his head in here, looked around, and then took off. You remember which way he went? Well, I'm not sure, but I think he went on down the street. Could be in one of those other bars, Jake. Let's find out. Thanks, Captain. Don't mention it. I hope you catch up with him. Next bar is just a couple of doors down. Mayo sure got a lot of nerve walking around the open like this. But that's the way he always was. Ever since I've there. Huh? In this cafe toward the back. How about that? Mayo, sitting at a table big as life. Come on. He must have been figuring on a big evening. Look at those beer bottles on the table in front of him. I think he sees it. Watch yourself moving in. Yeah. Jace, he's picking up a beer bottle. What? Don't come any closer, Ranger. This bottle I just busted. You get near me, I'm going to use it on it. Careful, Jace. Yeah. I said keep away. Keep away. I said you weren't going to get me. Come on, Mayo. And now he's you. We'll see about stop. Get up. You dirty cop! You all right, Jace? Yeah. <laughs> if I ever had any doubts about you committing that murder, Mayo, I've lost them now. What are you talking about? I'm innocent. And why'd you try to escape? Why shouldn't I bust out? I told you I was innocent. I got my constitutional right. Yeah. The Constitution says you're entitled to a trial by jury. And that's just what you're going to get. Come on. just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. For the Republicans, it's Eisenhower and Nixon. For the Democrats, it's still a race to see who will come out ahead in party favor. This week is all important for the Democratic Party as they hold a national convention in Chicago. And you'll want to hear every history-making development direct from the convention beginning tomorrow on this station. NBC's Ace News staff and technical crew, more than 300 people, will bring you all of the news as it happens throughout the convention city tomorrow and every day of the convention. So be sure to make this NBC station your convention headquarters. With microphones placed in every strategic location in convention hall, in candidates' headquarters, and in NBC's own special studios high above the convention floor, you can be sure of hearing all of the news. Men like George Hicks, H.V. Kaltenborn, Richard Harkness, and dozens of others will bring you all the important news developments. So attend the Democratic Convention on NBC. Now the conclusion of Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Jim Mayo was returned to the United States without further incident. Ballistics experts testified that a revolver identified as Mayo's was the one which killed Robert Dixon. Dave Hobart, the ex-soldier in the news carrier's car, declared that Mayo was the man who had ridden with him and Dixon. Jim Mayo was found guilty of murder with malice and sentenced to 60 years in Huntsville Penitentiary. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers.
technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keats. Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard weekly overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hal Gibney speaking. Wednesday is here, the best of Groucho on NBC. Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Stick Up. It is early morning, September 6, 1938, the day after Labor Day. In a quiet little town of Avon, Texas, the last breakfast customer has just left Baker's Beanery. Owner Tom Baker, alone in the roadside cafe, stands behind the counter, washing dishes. Yeah, why they're a-dying, Nelly started crying. He ain't going to tiny. Oh, howdy, General. Howdy, boy. Sure getting hard, is Uh-huh. I reckon I could give you a hand with them dishes in exchange for a bottle of soda pop? You're sure playing it safe. What you mean? I saw you watching through the window. You waited till I got down to this last plate before you come in with that proposition. Oh, saw me, eh? Hmm. You want me to fill the sugar bowl free? Already done that. Need some spuds peeled, though. How many? About a bushel. Oh. Then I guess I'll have to pay in cash. <laughs> General, you're the biggest moocher in the whole state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get a free one off you yet. Now, how about giving a cash customer some service, boy? Just one thing first. What's that? You sure you got a nickel? I mean, you ain't going to finish the soda and then tell me you lost the money through a hole in your pocket. You ain't never going to forget that, are you? Well, this time I got the money. Five cents? Well, uh, I got four cents. I'll give you IOU for the other penny. That's all right. I'll trust you. You'll be in a war hero and all that. What kind do you want? What kind you got? Oh, sarsaparilla, grape, orange, lime, cherry. Hey, you got root beer? Yep. That's what I want. All right. Here you are. Hey, shove them straws down here, will you? Sure you don't want me to drink it for you? I can manage, thank you. Well, what are you waiting for, boy? That's four cents, or do you want me to send you a bill at the end of the month? Go on. Wait on that young fella to just come, come in. Come on, let's see your money first. Be right there, mister. All right. Money crazy, that's all you are. That's uh, one penny. Yep. Two. Mm-hmm. Gee, it's an Indian head penny. Nineteen or seven. Come on, come on, hurry up. Three. Now, that's funny. I'd have swore I had another penny. Got another hole in your pocket? Oh, I guess I just forgot to sew up the old. How about it, mister? I'm in a hurry. Come in, come in. Want to see the menu? No. Give me a pack gun. All right, what flavor? Peppermint. Hey, Tom. I got a glass with some ice in it. You trying to bankrupt me or something? <laughs> Here's your gum. That'll be a whole nickel. Thank you. Five cents out of a quarter. I'll take that food money. What? Put on that gun. Just give me the money and hurry it up. Hey, Tom. Shut up, old man. Stay back. Let me have that gun. Give me that gun. Come here, you. Stop. Stop, Russell. Stop. Stop. Mr. Truck. I got the truck. General. General. You're bleeding. Oh, no. Tom Baker notified the sheriff's office of the attempted robbery and killing. Sheriff Lon Gunther could not be reached immediately, and the assistance of the Texas Rangers was requested. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned and arrived at the scene ten minutes later. The sheriff arrived soon after, and he joined the ranger in questioning Mr. Baker. 
Is the gun on the counter, Mr. Baker? Yeah, that's it, Ranger. I was trying to get it away from the guy when it went off. I never should have done it. I should have just given him the money. The general might be alive right now if I had. Now, there's no use figuring that way, Tom. Well, it's... You cover him up with those towels? Yeah, I couldn't stand them people looking in at him. Yeah, I know how you feel, Tom. All of us who knew him had a soft spot for the old boy. You know, it's a funny thing. I never did know his real name. Mm -hmm. How'd the killer escape? The truck. I fired at him a few times before he drove off. You hit him? I don't think so, but I know I put a couple holes in the back of the truck. What kind was it? Half-ton pickup, painted red. Did you get the license number? No, I didn't. How about the make and year? Well, I don't know the make, but I'd say it was about a 34 model. Where was the truck parked? Under the live oak over there. You can see through the window here. That's right over there. Uh-huh. And it was parked kind of catty corner, so he had to jump in the right side. Could you see into the cab? No, I couldn't. What did the man look like? Oh, about average height, dark hair, just an ordinary looking guy. How old? His 20s, I'd say. How was he dressed? Denim pants, a black cowboy shirt with white piping, like tore his sleeve off when we was fighting. To put out an all-points bulletin, Sheriff, you might not find it so easy to hide a red truck with bullet holes in it. While waiting for the J.P. to authorize the removal of the body, I put out an APB on the truck and the killer. Sheriff and I then drove Tom Baker down to the sheriff's office to get his statement and let him look over the mug files. About two hours later, we got a call from the highway patrol. They'd found the truck abandoned on Farm Road 107, about 25 miles east of Avon. The license tags were missing, but from the motor number, the highway patrol was able to get the owner's name. The truck belonged to a man named Ed Jaffe. He lived on a ranch about seven miles from where the truck was found. Sheriff and I drove out to talk to him. Jeffy must be working on shares here. Why do you say that? Uh, the place belongs to old man Robinson. He'd been living up at Fort Worth last couple of years. And... <laughs> Jeffy ain't taking care of it the way he did. Uh. Just a minute. Yes? Howdy, ma'am. I'm Sheriff Gunther. This is Ranger Pearson. Is Ed Jaffe here? Oh, did you find our truck? Yes, ma'am. Uh... Waiting, Martha. A ranger and a sheriff. They found the truck. They did. Come on in, won't you? Thanks. I just got back from my sister's. Been there over Labor Day. And when Ed told me our truck was stolen, I was just sick about it. Howdy, ranger. Sheriff. Howdy. Howdy. You fellas sure walked fast. <laughs> just reported that truck missing about a half hour ago. Yeah? Where'd you find it? About seven miles down the road. Yeah, well, I can take the bus down and pick it up, I guess. We'd like to ask you a few questions first. Sure. Uh, what about... Where was your truck stolen from? Uh, right outside the house. I'll show you where I had it parked. Uh, I'll be right back, Martha. Well, let me know if you go over to get the truck. Yeah, let you know, honey. I had it parked right over there by the corral. You didn't know it was gone till 30 minutes ago, huh? That's right. Tell me, don't I know you from somewhere, Mr. Jaffe? <laughs> you got a good memory, Ranger. That was a long time ago, four years. Over in Coleman County, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Ranger Morgan brought you in, didn't he? Yeah. What for? Oh, Burglary. Knocked over a filling station and did 18 months at Huntsville. But I'm out of that racket for good. Yeah? yeah? Darn right, I'm ranching now. I ain't fixing to spend no more time at Huntsville. I guess you wouldn't know then about your truck being used in a robbery and murder, would you? Oh, wait a minute. I, I don't know anything like that. You think it's just a coincidence? Look, I made a mistake once and I paid for it. 18 months. Now, if my truck was used like you say, don't try to fit it on me just because I got a record. The killing took place about five hours ago. How come you waited until half an hour ago to report your truck was stolen? Because I didn't know it was gone till then. I wasn't here. That's why they call the cops if I was tied up in it. To try to look innocent, maybe? That's been tried lots of times. But I... Where were you this morning? I, w I was with Will Hicks at his place, about three miles from here. All morning? That's right. I was helping him shingle his roof. Look, you're just picking on me because I got a record. If you're innocent, you've got nothing to worry about. Look, I couldn't have been mixed up in no crime if I was at Will's place. And I was there from seven this morning till noon. Yeah. Well, let's go talk to this friend of yours and see if your alibi holds up. His house over there? Yeah, it just turned down this dirt road. There's somebody working on the roof, all right. Sure, that's Will. I told you he was putting shingles on it. Don't you want me to come with you? No, you stay here with the sheriff. <laughs> Mr. Hicks? Yeah? Can you come down for a while? I want to talk to you. Oh, just a minute. Get this roof fixed. Say it's going to rain tonight. What can I do for you, Ranger? You know where Jaffe was this morning? Ed? Oh, why, sure. He's right here with me. Oh, say, hey, what you doing over there in the car with the sheriff? We've been talking to him. How long was he here this morning? Oh, let's see. I drove over and got him about seven. 
He helped me on the roof till about noon, I guess. Did you take him home then? Yeah, he had to get started on his chores. Are you checking up about his pickup being stolen? That's part of it. Yeah, we saw it was missing as soon as we got over to his place. Did Mr. Jaffe leave you at any time during the morning? No, we were working together the whole time. You know, I'm surprised this in a ranger on just a car theft. It's more than that, Mr. Hicks. Your friend's truck was used in a robbery and killing. Killing? Yeah. I'd like you to come down to the sheriff's office in Avon and make a written statement about Jaffe being here all morning. Well, is that necessary? I'm afraid so. Well, say, Ranger, uh, can I do that a little later, in about an hour? I'd like to get this roof finished if I can. The radio said we're going to have rain tonight. That'll be all right, Mr. Hicks. We'll see you then. And thanks for your help. Well, that's okay. What did he tell you, Ranger? He says you were here, all right. You going to take me home now? Not yet. I want someone to take a look at you. Who's that? The man who saw the killer face to face. We drove Ed Jaffe into town and took him into the sheriff's office. We had Tom Baker look at him. He was positive Jaffe was not the killer. We had one of the sheriff's deputies drive Jaffe back to his ranch and proceeded to show Tom Baker more mugshots of every man picked up for robbery in the county within recent years. An hour later, Mr. Baker was still looking. This one? No. No. Uh, no. How about this one, Mr. Baker? No. Uh, let me see. No, nothing like him. Yeah, that's the last of this bunch. I declare I'm bushed. Must have looked at a thousand of these pictures. And quite, but these are the most likely ones. You mean you got more? Thousands of them. We have to get them from Austin. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. They didn't tell me you were busy. Come on in, Mr. Hicks. We're just about finished. Sorry I took so long getting here. That's okay. Uh, Mr. Hicks, this is Tom Baker. Howdy. Howdy. Ranger, is there anything else I can do for you now? I guess you might as well go home and get some rest. You had a rough day. We'll call you just as soon as we get those other mug shots here. All right. I am kind of done in. I'll be over at the beanery when you want me. So long, Tom. Bye, Mr. Baker. Sit down, Mr. Hicks. We'll take your statement now. Thanks. Uh, Ranger, I, I gotta tell you something. What is it? Uh, that fellow just left here. Is he the one who saw the killer? Yeah. Has he seen Ed? Just a little while ago. He definitely cleared him, though. Well, I'm sure glad to hear that. But I still gotta tell you something. What's on your mind, Mr. Hicks? Well, I, it's hard for me to say this. I never lied to no officer of the law before. But I just thought I was doing a... Ed a favor, and it wouldn't hurt nobody. What do you mean? Well, Ed come to me just before noon. You know, his wife was away. Yeah. And he said he'd been down here in town seeing some gal he knows. You know how some fellas are. And what about it? Well, he told me his pickup was really stolen in front of this gal's house. And he didn't want his wife to find out where he was. So, so he asked me to tell her or anybody else that, that he was with me all morning helping to fix my roof. He wasn't with you? No, sir. He wasn't. Why didn't you tell me that before? Well... When you told me it wasn't just a stolen truck, but a killing, why, I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that sure puts a new light on things. In the first place, I don't think there was a woman. Why do you say that, Jason? Look, if his truck really was stolen in town, he'd have gone to your office and reported it. He wouldn't have mentioned who he was visiting. Well, then, then why'd he tell me that story about a woman? So you'd come to his rescue and say he was with you all morning? Yeah, but now, Jace, if there was no woman, why, why would he want to use Hicks as an alibi? Because maybe that truck of his wasn't stolen at all. Maybe he was driving it himself this morning. Now, hold on, Jace. That mule won't pull. Baker said himself Jaffe wasn't the killer. I know, Sheriff. But Baker saw only one man. That doesn't mean there wasn't another one waiting in the truck. Come to think of it, he did say the killer climbed in on the right side. And I got a feeling that on the left side was the driver, Ed Jaffe. Come on, Sheriff. We're going to pick him up. With Jaffe no longer having an alibi, the sheriff and I were pretty sure he could have been involved in the killing. We had the local magistrate issue a search warrant and headed out to Jaffe's place. It was about 5.30 in the afternoon when we pulled up in front of his house. Mrs. Jaffe heard our car approaching and came out to see who it was. Howdy, Ranger. Howdy, Howdy, ma'am. Jaffe. How come you wouldn't let Ed bring the truck back? Uh, Afraid we have to hold it for a while, for evidence. Your husband here, Mrs. Jaffe? No, he's out moving the cows from the lower section up to the north range. How long ago did he leave? He took off just after he got back from town, about half an hour ago. Is he on foot? No, he saddled up the mare. You gents want to come in, wait for him? No, thanks. I think we'll ride out and meet him. Uh, could I borrow one of your horses, ma'am? Why, sure, Sheriff. Take that roan from the corral over there. Thank you. I'll get charcoal out of the trailer. If you want to wait, I know it'll be back pretty soon. I'm afraid the business we've got with your husband, ma'am, won't wait. The 
sheriff and I saddled up and took off across the fields in the direction Mrs. Jaffe had indicated. Ed Jaffe's tracks were easy to follow, but they did not lead to the lower section. Instead, they led to a dry wash about four miles from the house. What in the world do you think Jaffe came down here for? I don't know. Hey, wait a minute, Sheriff. Oh, 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 oh. What is it, Dick? Yeah. A lot of cigarette butts over there. Yeah. Plenty of foot tracks here, too. Well, they must have stayed here quite a spell, or he wouldn't smoke this many. Not Jaffe, Sheriff. Someone else. Look at all these footprints. They were made by men wearing shoes, not boots like Jaffe. Yeah. You think this other fellow could be the killer? Maybe hiding out here and Jaffe came to meet him? I don't know. Jaffe met someone here, all right. Well, whoever it was, he sure must have been nervous. Darn near wore a rut in the dirt, pacing up and down. Come here, Sheriff. What is it, Jake? Find something else? Yeah, black shirt. Spotted the edge of it sticking out from under the brush. White piping and a torn sleeve. Like the one Baker said the killer wore. I guess Jaffe brought him a change of clothing. I wonder where they went. We better find out before they get too far. There's the tracks Jaffe's horse made leaving here. Yeah. Hold still. Let's go, Charky. I don't see the other fellow tracks, Jace. They must be riding double with Jaffe. That could slow him down, son. Uh-huh. Come on, Sheriff. Let's knock on it. Yeah. Coming toward us. You riding through the wash? No, no, he's above it. Coming this way. Come on, Charky. Easy, boy. Easy. He, he, he was alone, Jace. Just coming over that rise. Yeah. There, see him? Yeah. What's on the other side of the rise? The highway. That's probably where he's been. Come on. Up. Come on, boy. Look, he's turning around, Jace. Jaffe, hold up. He doesn't hear you. He'll hear this. He heard that, all right. He sure did. Go to me, Ranger. You know darn well we were, Jaffe. Oh, 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 boy. Oh. Why'd you run? I didn't hear you, honest. Not until I heard those shots. What's the matter? Where's the man you met back there in that wash? Man? What man? I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I just bet you don't. Where you been? I've just been up the store. Yeah? You sure you weren't taking your pal to the highway? No, I just went to the store for a bottle of beer. Come on, Jaffe. We're going back to that highway. The sheriff and I took Jaffe back to the highway. There was no sign of the other man. We went to the nearby store. The owner told us Jaffe had not been in all day. We then drove Jaffe into town and began questioning him. He kept insisting he was innocent. Why do we have to go over the whole thing again, Ranger? I tell you, it's all a big mistake of some kind. No use lying anymore, Jaffe. We followed your tracks and found that shirt on your property. I never saw that shirt before. Look, Ranger, just because I got a record, that don't mean I'm mixed up in nothing. Then why'd you lie about where you were this morning? All right, I tell you. I was with a woman. I didn't want my wife to know when I... What's her name? I don't remember. I don't know it too well. Where does she live? I don't know the name of the street. That story is no good, Jaffe. What do you mean? You think I'm lying? Yes. Well, I ain't. You got no right to say that. Now, listen to me, Jaffe. We know you spun that yarn to Hicks about a woman, so he'd give you an alibi for this morning. But you weren't with a woman, and you weren't with Hicks. Yeah, well, where was I? I'll tell you where you were. You were in your pickup truck. It wasn't stolen. You were driving it. No, I wasn't. You had this other fellow with you, the one wearing the black shirt. And the two of you stopped at Baker's Cafe. No. You kept the motor running while he went in. I wasn't there, I tell you. You're an accomplice. You're as guilty as if you pulled the trigger yourself. Now, wait a minute. Look, suppose I was there. I was outside. I didn't tell him to go in there and knock over the place. That's something you're going to have to prove in court. But if you don't tell us who the other fellow is, you're going to stand this murder rap alone. They'll throw the book at you. You think I'm kidding? Uh-uh. Then who is he? What's his name? Cal Martin. I met him about a month ago in Tipton. Just a punk. Works behind the soda fountain in the bowling alley over there. Does he have a record? He don't have nothing, including brains. He's just driving along, and he said he wanted to stop at Baker's place and get a drink of water. Said he was thirsty. So I stopped. Didn't know he had a gun on him. After the old man was killed, what'd you do then? Oh, we ditched the truck where you found it and hiked over toward my place. I told Martin to stay in that wash and keep out of sight till it got dark. Then I went over to Will Hicks and asked him to say I was with him. Right after that, you called the highway patrol to report your truck was stolen. Yeah. This afternoon, I took Martin one of my old shirts so we could get rid of that black one. Darn thing stood out like a sore thumb. Where'd you take him? Over at the highway. Flagged down a bus going toward Tipton. Is that where he lives? Yeah. We said he was going to pack and try to make it down to Mexico. Let's get over to Tipton, Sheriff. Maybe if we hurry, we can change his plans. The Sheriff booked Ed Jaffe immediately, and the two of us took off for Tipton. We arrived there about 9.30 that night. I reckon he's still here, Jay. Could be. I phoned the bus station while you were getting the warrant. No bus leaving here till midnight. He's probably waiting in his room rather than go out in the street. 
There's room, too. There's a light under the door. Guess he's still here. Hear anything? No. Sounds like he's in there, Jason. Open up, Martin. It's locked. You better cover me, Sheriff, while I break it in. Well, he's gone. Take a look in that closet. Okay, Jason. Not in here, Jason. I guess he... What's the matter? Shh. He's outside on the ledge next to the window. I saw the edge of his jeans. What? Well, let's get him. No. My jumper fall. Well, I guess he's already skipped, Sheriff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess he has, Jason. Let's go. All right. Yeah, we'll go down and try the bus station. That's a good idea. I have to get this door fixed tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, we sure will. Let's keep walking down the hall. You think he'll come back in the room now? He will if he fell for our little act. You go on downstairs and outside. He might get scared and jump anyhow. Are you going back and wait for the door? Yeah. Keep going so he can hear your steps going down. Okay, but you watch yourself, Jason. man and Avon this morning? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't know. No nothing. use, Martin. Jaffe told us the whole story. No, I don't believe it. Well, he did. Jason, you all right? Yeah, everything's under control, Sheriff. You better put your cuffs on. Yeah. Come on, you put your hands up. Look, I didn't Get him out. shoot anybody. It was an accident. I'm afraid the law looks at it a little different, son. When you rob a place with a gun, it's never an accident. the results of the case you have just heard. Cal Martin and Ed Jaffe were charged with armed robbery and murder with malice. Jaffe was sent to the retrieve unit of the state penal system to serve a 30-year sentence. On February 9th, 1939, Cal Martin was sentenced to 32 years at the state penitentiary in Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. is currently seen in San Francisco Story, a Warner Brothers release. The cast included Tony Barrett, Tom Tully, Leroy Leonard, Harley Bear, Junie Ellis, and Lamont Johnson. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bernard Editor and Robert A. White, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Tales of the Texas Rangers is heard each week overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hal Gibney speaking. Music 